back to the Frills Daily Show with your hosts, Frills Daily and Sean F. Smith. This week, we're going to talk about schedules, and we're going to talk about quarterbacks that never won the big game. And, you know, it's, yeah, exactly. And so they, we've had some interesting things going on over the last couple of weeks, but the schedules have been released and we have some, again, interesting topics to cover. I mean, absolutely. So we have the chiefs coming Well, actually, before we even start with that, it seems that there's, the preseason is to be determined. It, the typical is that you have three preseason games, but it looks as like of last year, right? Cause it used to be four and then 16 regular season. I, everything I was looking at when I was looking at there, it looked like there was two preseason games. Some it's like uncertain. Maybe there's three because I thought they were going to have three uh, preseason and then 17 regular season, but yeah, yeah I don't exactly. Know how it's so, up. So this year, it's looking like anywhere between one and three preseason games right? and others to be determined. Right. So I don't know if they're planning on playing like during the week or if they're planning on playing on a Saturday or if they're planning on playing on a Friday. or if I'm not sure what's going on with that. So I guess that's another topic within itself. Uh, I did I mean, want to talk about the strengths of schedule, though, man, because this has always boggled my mind, dude. Mm-hmm. So the strength of schedule is made up from the difficulty or ease of the team's opponents compared to the other team's opponents from the prior season mm-hmm. and their strength of victory, meaning the combined record of all the teams that they beat in that said schedule also from last year. So I'm not going to go into the ratio or the calculations and all that stuff, the math, but it boggles my mind because on average, every year there's like six new teams in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Um, This also doesn't consider free agency, trades, retirements, other pickups, injuries, you know, uh, coaching changes. Um, You know what I'm saying? There's so many variables, but you're going to take and build someone's Strength of schedule, meaning weakest or strongest, based on last year's schedule. So with that being said, I mean, we're starting <laughs> with the Kansas City Chiefs, and they're right. the first team in NFL history. The right. first eight games they're playing in regular season against teams that had a winning record. Right, right. And in looking at that, it looks like, those eight teams probably will have pretty strong teams again this year. You got Cardinals, Chargers, Colts, the Bucks. Of course, Tom Brady's back. The Raiders with all their pickups. The Bills are going to be solid, strong again. Then they got the Niners, Titans, and Jags. So yeah, that looks pretty tough, man, doesn't it? I mean, for me, it looks like they have one win, maybe two, depending, because the Chiefs are off slow as it is. Right. And so do the Niners. So, and with the Niners being uncertain on who their quarterback's going to be and whether their quarterback can even come in and immediately start and, and win games. Right. It, it looks like to me, well, I mean, I can even say that about the Bucks. to be honest with you too. Like Tom Brady, he wins games, period. 
it's yeah. a night game, so he shines in those kind of games. It, it right. you know, it, it's it's uh, five twenty uh, Pacific time on that game on October second. But at the end of the day, like I I I could easily argue in my opinion that they can only have one to three wins that entire what is it four five six seven eight games right and then their right. buy is well no actually their buy is not even when is their bye week do you know i don't know i didn't look at that i named the first nine games there so it's maybe it's after they play the jags but yeah e- even that the jags have stacked on offense and defense and they they could beat the chiefs too man yeah it could be yeah, a really easily. long tough season for the chiefs this year man and and that's crazy because you know the fact that they always start off slow anyway and i mean they're they're a lot like pittsburgh and and even new england for a while there you know they 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 start off slow and then they start winning games but the fact that the the afc is so stacked this year you you can't really we have talked about in previous years, you know, uh, it's a tale of two halves, not just yeah. in a game itself, but also like in the overall spectrum of it. You know, we, we've said, you know, teams start off good and, and you've always said, bro, it's not even the second half yet. And, exactly. and the whole point behind that is, is that, you know, it doesn't mean anything until the second half. Really? Well, that's true. Yeah. And so when you when you look at that in that perspective, if you start off slow already and you look at how hard your schedule is in the beginning, even if you came back in the second half, I mean, you're still you're still looking at Rams, Bengals, Seahawks. I mean, Seahawks, yeah, not really a threat, but still Broncos. Now with with uh, Wilson being over there, you know you never know. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then you still have to play the Raiders again, your last game of the season. I mean, you know, it, the, the Raiders even on the off years have been able to split historically with the with the Chiefs. So it, I mean, whether it be it wasn't until recently that they have the Raiders have been able to beat the Chiefs at the chiefs but right it, it it's happening it, they they're still splitting so yeah, sure. if you're going to start off slow you you, you might want to you might want to start pulling off some games but it doesn't look like they may be able to i'm i'm just saying yeah i mean oof, they do they're still going to have a potent offense so i can still see them you know Pulling off some of those wins. I mean, as I read over it again, uh, maybe they'll get the Cardinals early because they'll be rusty still. Um, not enough time in the pre preseason and such. Um, Chargers, I don't know. Uh, Herbert throws a couple picks. Um, Chiefs score late or something. The Colts could be up and down. They might still be trying to figure it out with their new quarterback. Um, I don't know. They're yeah, they're probably not going to beat the the Bucks because. Brady's going to be ready to go. Probably not, you know, they're going to have a hard time with the Raiders and the Bills. So, I, yeah, dude, it, it could easily go down to their, like, two and seven to start the season for sure. And, and that that's providing the fact that the Chargers, Raiders, Bears, and Cardinals all start off 
with a solid solid season. I mean, even the Colts for that matter, like they all have to start off with a solid season in the in the beginning as well. Like right. so even though the Chiefs are known to start off slow, it's still with these teams, no, they don't start off slow necessarily, but they still have to play with their new squad. They they still have to mold. They still have to come together because it's no longer preseason. You know, I know that you've you've you're all about like preseason doesn't matter, but I've always believed that preseason does matter because it, it enables these players to either get into a starting slot or molds the players, even the starters, even though they're playing only like the first quarter. You know what I mean? Like it, it helps them get that action and, and kind of feeds that, that momentum into the regular season. It's really for the guy, in my opinion, to see all the guys fighting to make the team because the starters, the core guys, are definitely going to be there, come back. They're trying to avoid injuries. They're just trying to break off a little rust and, and be ready to play for sure. Yeah. Um, which leads to the Niners. Um, we were actually going to talk about them as well, um, and they do end up playing the Chiefs, so it's a perfect transition, but they do start with the Bears, the Seahawks which uh, it's a winnable game. Broncos and Rams, which are going to be tough on them. Panthers, they should be able to beat. Uh, Falcons, they should be able to beat. And then they got to blast the Chiefs. Uh, and then again, the Rams and then the Chargers. So um, yeah, they're going to so, have a tough go as well, man. Yeah, so within, you know, one, two, three, four, four weeks, they're playing the Rams twice. That That's going to be rough. Yeah. The Falcons, we don't know yet. Yeah. And, and and yeah, going against the Chiefs again. What Chiefs team are going to show up at that time, and for that matter, what Niners team is going to show up at that time? Because we don't even know who the starting. I mean, yeah, it, we we speculate it's going to be Trey Lance. Right, I say Trey Lance is going to be the starter. I think they're going to let him pretty much go majority of the preseason. I don't even think um, that. Um, their other quarter, Jimmy G, it struck my mind there. Jimmy G is even going to be available after his surgery. So who knows if he'll even be ready to go. So yeah, they, and, might, they might be going three or four quarterbacks deep just for the preseason. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I agree with that. And, and I understand that Jimmy G is not going to most likely not going to play for the first few weeks. Uh, my thing is uh, kind of like Tua with the Dolphins, you know, at, Last year, as we started the podcast, I, I talked about Trey Lance, and I and I had talked to uh, 49er fans, and they were confident within their quarterback as backup. But right. now it's not a backup situation, so that that's nope. always different. So when you when you yeah. come in as a starter, it's different than coming in as as a backup. You have a, a different responsibility. You have a different expectation. You have a different playing ground as a whole so can he come in and face the seahawks can he come in and face the bears even though the bears lost some players and they're not going to be as strong but can you come in and face the seahawks who is also a rebuilding team so like they may he may look good against the bears and the seahawks but then you then you're facing the broncos then you're facing the rams then you're facing the panthers 
And I know the Panthers are still kind of like up and down with their quarterback situation. And then the Falcons and then the Chiefs and then the Rams again. So it's like, it, so you could look good, but can you look too good? Meaning like without Tua, you're going 0-7. And, and then with Tua, you're going 7-0. and 0. I don't right. think that you could right. do that when you're used to being the backup quarterback. I think that you're, you have to go through what Tua went through and get that right. experience. And, and maybe you, you make some mistakes and maybe you lose some games before you can even start winning these games. Because after that, they still got the Chargers. They still got the Cardinals. They still have the Saints. They still have the Dolphins. And, you know, let's not cut the Dolphins short because they went all in this season. So, you know, you really have a team that has built their offense so so much that that can be a threat on the offensive standpoint, even though, theoretically speaking, your defense is better than the Dolphins' defense. But y- y- you know how it goes in the NFL. Like, once you start losing games, it-, it seems like your team starts playing a little bit less than what they – well, they can get tight and they can lose confidence and those kind yeah. of things. I get that any given Sunday. But with Trey Lance, man, I was so impressed with what Trey Lance did last year coming in. He was nervous coming in. He was a little tight. I think he threw a pick early on, and then he just kind of fell into his groove and just depended on his playmakers and started distributing the ball. And I see him doing that. And, I, and I, I'm not going to go out and compare him to Patrick Mahomes, but I'm going to say like it's going to be similar to early in his career – the teams don't really have film on him. They're not going to be ready for him. And so he can move and run with his legs and make plays with his arm, similar to what Patrick did early in his career. And so he might come by storm and surprise a lot of teams before they, you know, calibrate and get ready for him. So he might have that kind of, uh, you know, season where Patrick Mahomes, where everyone just thought he was the greatest quarterback in the league for a time until everyone catches up. See, um, I, I could I'm... see that happening. Yeah, and and I'm at the position where I'm on the fence where I've talked to the fans and I've I've watched some film and I just think that he doesn't have the experience enough yet and I think he needs to go through that experience and and I could say that after getting experience this season coming up and then saying that next year, Yes, I, I, I could totally see that, but I, I would definitely not compare him like that. I, I would definitely compare him to more of a Tua situation. He, he I like the guy. I, I'm not going to tell you that I don't like the guy. I, I'm not going to say that I don't feel the confidence in his abilities. What I'm going to say is I, I don't feel the confidence in his abilities and ex, his experience. So... I think that he needs to experience a little bit because I don't think that he's experienced enough as a starter to be able to come in and and dominate the playing field. Well, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, there's been some critics also uh, stating that he doesn't have the arm strength to make it happen. And I know he didn't play at a big college because he came out of North Dakota State, but I was just really impressed. I mean, let me clear it. I'm not comparing him to Patrick Mahomes. I just said I could see in the beginning of his starting career that it could happen where he could surprise teams and take it by storm. I mean, he's already thrown, he's already underthrown the cheetah. I'm I'm going to throw that out there real quick. He's already underthrown the cheetah, but go ahead. 
Yeah, but he's he's got five TTs and two picks, which, you know, very early on in a couple of games here and there, he does not look scared. He's he's no. ready to play, I think, and he's ready to run and throw and do what he can. And uh, I believe he's got the head coach to lead him as well uh, with Kyle Shanahan. Um, he develops and works well with quarterbacks, and he's the guy calling the plays. Um, and he's obviously got confidence in him in him in order to pretty much he's going to be the starter because Jimmy G's not starting this year, man, unless no. Trey Lance gets hurt and Jimmy G's ready at that point. But once Jimmy G's ready, they might just display him simply just to raise his trade value. And that would be about it. Oh, so. he's, he's uh, Trey Lance is definitely going to be the starter and, and he definitely needs the foundation to be set. And, and he did, like you said, Shanahan, is a good person to set that foundation for him and and don't get me wrong I'm not trying to I'm not trying to down the guy by any means right, right. I just with the schedule in front of him I can see a lot of mistakes being made as a starter compared to a backup right and you know everybody goes through it yeah exactly and maybe he maybe he overcomes it Maybe he shocks the world, and maybe he he comes in and and faces these teams and and shows his true ability as a leader and just builds that foundation between himself and his coaching staff. Right. And, Let's see what and, happens September 11th when he plays against the Bears. Yeah. Um, which leads us to the Bears. What do you think? What's going to happen with them? Because they're starting with the Niners. They're tough division component uh, opponents, Packers. Um, Texans are going to be weak this year. I don't know about the Giants. They've got one of the easier schedules. Vikings, the Commandos, I said that on purpose, um, the Pats, Cowboys, and Dolphins. So they look like they have some wins in there. It's a, it, it, well, it's a little bit amazing to me that the, the Bears have – a little bit of competition but they don't have much competition in the beginning so yeah they do they do face the Packers they they, they did lose quite a bit in the offseason and free agency but they're going to be coming in and they they have to compete with struggling teams so I say struggling teams because you know just because the Packers have been the Packers for so many years doesn't mean they're the Packers this year Right. Uh, you know, the Texans have been struggling for several years. The Giants have been struggling for the last couple of years. The Vikings have been struggling for the last couple of years. The Commanders seem to be better based off of what they did in the offseason. However, we don't know yet. Right. So we don't know if that's going to be a struggle at all. The Patriots are a complete rebuild team even though they have faith in their quarterback and, and, you know, they, they seemed, you know, I know Belichick, Belichick is, is a very intelligent guy. And, and like we've talked about in previous episodes, he knows what he's doing. Okay. Well, we'll see when they face the bears on October 24th. Like I, I, I don't, I can't, I can't sit here and say, okay, the Bears guaranteed loss against the Patriots. No. But but who's even the Bears quarterback? Who's who's the quarterback? It, do, I, it doesn't matter. Like in that in that division and the Bears being the Bears, like I 
the Patriots are are a full on rebuild. So yeah. it it yeah, I get what you're saying, but I can't I can't argue the fact that they can't compete with the Patriots. I can't argue that they can't compete with the Commanders, but I'm going on a limb with that because the Commanders have built a little bit, but we'll see what happens. Right. I can't argue with the Giants because the Giants already built something, but they, you see what they did last year. So what right. are they really going to do? Right. The Vikings seem to be pretty strong, but they're not going anywhere. So it could be a, another one of those situations any given Sunday, right? So then, then you get to later in the season and you're looking at the Cowboys, the Dolphins. Yeah, those two. Okay, I can argue that's going to be a loss. Then you got to the Lions, and I'm like, well, the Lions are the Lions. But they always play their opponents tough, interdivision opponents. So they're always going to have a hard time with the Packers and the Lions um, and the Vikings. Uh, they always do. And sometimes they even split the games and they win on the road or just win at home. And I'm still concerned about the quarterback position, though, because like Nathan Peterman is one of the backups. Um, he's got like three touchdowns and uh, 12 um, picks in his career. Trevor Simeon, he's had some uh, backup role. He started some games here and there for Denver. Um, and then you got Justin Fields, who probably is going to be the starting quarterback. But since they just out and just released Nick Foles, um, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, they, you know, they don't even know what they're doing with quarterback. Really, they have no clue. So well, it, I mean, I don't have a big argument when you talk about Nick Foles or when you bring Nick Foles into any conversation. Uh, Nick Foles has never been anything. I don't even know why he's even in the league anymore. I mean... It, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but is that not the the debacle between Nick Foles and, and Carson Wentz? It, it, is that not where it all started? I guess so. Um, yes, and, and in Philly, right? Right. Yeah, so um, yeah, Nick Foles is Nick Foles, and why he's even being brought up at this point just boggles my mind. I, I, Super Bowl, I Super Bowl quarterback. <laughs> I mean, okay, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I, what has he done since? What has he done since? Right, right. So he, some, he some is probably one of the most Cinderella quarterbacks ever. And that I could say the same thing about Wentz. Like, okay, Wentz never made it, but then. Well, he's Wentz still was not leading that team to the playoffs that year before he got injured. Injured, like and then and then Foles took Foles over. Foles took it over. Yeah, he yeah. did. And some quarterbacks are just system quarterbacks where that system worked for him perfectly. Uh, he had tons of weapons around him. Mm -hmm. He had a defense that could you know slow the pass down enough to beat them. I mean, it was a surprise win for them to win the Super Bowl. I thought there was no way in beans. And he was, was a better quarterback beat the than the Wentz. And I was going to have another miserable year watching the Patriots win the Super Bowl. I'm mm -hmm. like, are you kidding me? But yeah, so he's a better quarterback of, than Wentz. But he, you nailed it right on the head. Yeah. He was at a team that was a perfect system for him. Yep, yeah. just walked right in there, smoothed it right out. But for whatever so, reason, 
both of them went different ways over time. Right, right. So, I mean, neither of them have been anything since then. Right. So with that being said, we're talking about the Eagles. Um, The NFC East in general, they basically have the easiest schedule of all other divisions in the league, which is weird to me because the NFC West supposedly has the hardest, but I would argue that the AFC West has the hardest schedule. But anyways, with the NFC East, of course, with the Eagles, the Giants, uh, the Washington football team commanders and the Dallas Cowboys, um, who even knows who's going to win that division every single year. Every year, like okay, yeah. let's flip. But let's flip a coin because we don't know what's going to happen. And so, that division is like the worst for, or the best, whatever you want to call it, for worst to first, worst to first. They could take last place next year. We'll win the division, then 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 we'll lose the division again next year, and then you just never know, dude. Right. Like, so I, I want to I want to start with America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Yeah. The reason why I want to start with them is because of all of those teams. I think they have the hardest schedule, especially starting off. They're another they also team have the kind highest of... expectations. Correct. Uh-huh. And, so. and But starting off, they are also a team that kind of is slower in the beginning. But when you think about it, they have the Bucks, the Bengals, the Giants, the Commanders, and the Rams, their first five games. Ooh. That's a little bit rough when you consider the rest of the team schedules in the beginning and the expectation of those teams. So yes, they do have the, the easiest, the NFC East does have the in, the easiest schedule as a whole, right? but the Cowboys have the worst of that group. I mean, yeah, so you okay. said earlier the second half is more important than the exactly. first half. Exactly. But when you just like I said with the Chiefs, when you start with such a hard schedule, how can you come back and still I mean you're talking I said five games, right? Yep. So let's say that you lost all five of those games. How can you come back from that? You can't compete with that. So now you have to com- compete against the other three teams, but also also have to compete with your own schedule. So how are you going to do that? Because that was just the first five games. Right. They still, of course, have to face their division games twice. Yeah. But they also those have are to always face. Tough. Yeah, exactly. But they also have to face the Colts. They have to face the Jaguars, which is still undetermined. We, we don't know yet this year until the games start being played. They have to face the Titans, you know. So when, it, when you look at the, the Cowboys schedule compared to the rest of the NFC East, I would say that the Cowboys schedule is the most difficult out of all of them. It Even tough, saying yeah, the entire looks- NFC East has the easiest schedule this year. Right. That Looking all hard. across the board. And it's going to, dude, and McCarthy's going to be on the hot seat from the go. Yes. And if they start off, dude, with like 0-5, he might get fired out the gate, like before even the middle of the season. Cause oh, without question. He, he was hired. 
to go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl like he did with the Packers, but he doesn't have no Aaron Rodgers on the bench over there. And I got concerns about Dak. I mean, he's a good quarterback. I mean, I wouldn't consider him a great quarterback. Um, he's got a lot of work to do and a lot of improvement to do, but I don't think he's the franchise guy. And so, and even though the Cowboys have a lot of like, like faith in their coaches and they, and they seem to give them a little bit of extra leeway. I don't think that he has the leeway that, prior coaches have had i i, I think no, that jason garrett is, was like buddies and we talked yeah Cowboys exactly. guy raised and yeah. so he got extra benefit of the doubt and time to work it out and you know we talked jerry about made the move, we talked but, about last week it was it was make it or break it year like that, that's yeah. how it is for him this year like you, you're you're you have basically three maybe five games and you're done yeah. son yep but on the other hand, if he starts off four and zero or five and zero, he's going to have more leeway the rest of the season. So, oh, absolutely. We'll, absolutely. <laughs> we're going to see what happens there. But yeah, uh, yeah. See, that's where misleading, dude. Easiest schedule and hardest schedule and all that, based on what last year's schedule. Come on, come on, man. I I um, base it off of what you did in preseason free agency in the draft. Right. But so, the Jags won like what one or two games last year, and they could end up winning ten games this year, man. So how does that, you know, based on the Jags' schedule? I mean, they're playing the Commanders, the Colts, Chargers, Eagles, Texans, Colts, Giants, Broncos. Uh, with the buildup that they've done, I mean, they could because end up with a better because record what than they some have of those done other teams. in free agency yeah, and the exactly. draft. So they've built yeah. their team in yeah. areas they need to build their team. See yeah. the the Cowboys just depend on Dak. They depend on Elliot. They depend on certain players and they don't build their team. They just think that they're America's team and they don't have to do this or that or the other. No. So they can go in and, and just make plays. Obviously that didn't work last year, right? Right. They weren't right. America's team last year. They didn't do what was expected of them. So, but you're, you're you're bringing up the Jags. The Jags have gone all in on their offense. They're bringing everything around their quarterback that they possibly can within their budget. Well, they and, had 55 mil to spend in the offseason, and I think they spent it all. They went all in. For yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah. They're not sitting on the cap money at all. No. They're, they, hey, this is, this is what we need to do. This is what we're going to do. And yeah, exactly. hopefully we can we can win some games now. Yep. We'll see. We'll see. And a word from our sponsor. Have you ever wanted to start a podcast? Well, Anchor makes it easy. Let me tell you a little bit about it. I love Anchor because you can record right from the Anchor website or from the mobile app. You can trim, edit right from the website or the app, and Anchor will distribute your podcast so it can be heard from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more, as well as iHeartRadio, Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Check it out today on anchor.fm. Also check out de-creations.com. That's de-creations.com for all your artistic needs or anything that you want to create. If you're a business owner or if you are a podcaster or whatever it is that you want to do and you want to make 
designs de-creations.com can do that for you check it out yep and he can also do some logos uh i have a flat bill cap he also has trucker hats if you prefer something like that and coffee mug man and travel mugs um so check it out like you said de-creations.com for sure for sure which leads us to quarterbacks that have never won the super bowl I don't I think I don't go. I don't think that we're there yet because we haven't even talked about the Commanders. We haven't talked about the Eagles or the Giants. Oh, but we were just uh, talking about NFC East. I thought we covered all that. If, if you would like to speak more about the NFC East, please do. I, I well, I, I I think that we have to to cover the Commanders, and I think we have to cover the Eagles and and the and the Giants. Okay. They they everything everything come out all right there. Yeah, with their schedules. And, you know, the we were talking about the Cowboys and, and the preseason and the first few games. The Commanders seem to have actually the easiest schedule in the beginning. We were talking about the Jaguars and, and you know, they've gone all in, but so have the Commanders. So that's actually their first game of regular season. So that's going to be a, a shootout. Yeah, absolutely. And But then they have the Lions. And then th- this is where the, the, the battle comes in because then they have the Eagles and Cowboys, which if the efforts of th- what they've done in the free agency and the draft actually come into play, they can actually compete with the Eagles and the Cowboys in those first two games. But then they face the Titans. I don't see them winning the Titans. By any means. Right. But then they turn around and face the Bears. So then you're looking at like, okay, another win or potential win. And then they fall back and and they play the Packers and Colts. So it's, you know, we, we talked about that the NFC East has the easiest schedule, but they, they play a lot of each other, but then they also have to play a lot of teams that are like kind of rebuilt so we don't really know what's going to happen right we shall see with the commandos for sure um i'm not very confident in the team as a whole doing well uh, especially with all the distractions and i know they have ron rivera as the head coach but i really just don't see them even if they start off fast, um, I know that they're playing the Jags and Titans and such early on, even Vikings, Giants. But I mean, they have some very winnable games early on. I mean, they could start off 5-0, and 6-0, and 7-0 even. Um, and then once they start getting some tougher games, like playing the Eagles, then they get a bye. But um, the NFL has been really good at setting up the schedules, the interdivision um, towards the very end of the season. So when it gets close to the playoff time, playoff atmospheres, um, they're having to start playing those division games. Whew, I just don't see what uh, Washington's so, going to do. Yeah, so real quick, we'll, we'll, we'll go over the last two teams. We'll go over the Eagles and we'll go over the Giants. But I, I, yeah. what I want to say is I, I want to know who determined that, that the NFC East has the easiest schedule and, and here's here's why because again it's when, based on last year's schedule that's yeah why. but we've talked about it 
And, and and look, so the Eagles, they start with the Lions. Okay, win. Right. Uh, then the Vikings, we don't know. Then the Commanders, we don't know. Then the Jaguars, we don't know. We don't know, yeah. Then the Cardinals, we don't know. Then the Cowboys, we don't know. Then, you know what I'm saying? And it continues down that path. And then you go to the Giants, and, and you're looking at, they start off with, the Titans, we don't know. Panthers, they'll probably win. Cowboys, we don't know. Bears, we don't know. Packers, we don't know. Ravens, we don't know. Right. Jaguars, again, we don't know. And then the Seahawks. So, so go, going over like the first six games of each team, it's like I, I, I can't sit here and say that the NFC East has the easiest schedule in the start of the season because that that's – that's to me, now that we've gone over, or at least I've mentioned all of the right. four teams, <clears throat> excuse me, right. um, that, that's a rough schedule. Honestly, that's a rough schedule. That, 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 that's a battle that I would, I would argue that, that that's the hardest schedule that any team has to face. Well, maybe the teams are more equal than ever because I've been looking at this other guy too that does his own strength of schedule and it's more like on a betting website. And he's like saying this is the proper way to calculate the strength of schedule and he takes everything into consideration, absolutely everything. Mm -hmm. And he still has the NFC East at the bottom. Well, at least the Eagles and Giants. Um, and then the Colts have the third hardest. But I guess he does have the Cowboys up at like 23rd hardest and... Uh, where's the other? I must have well, I'll, I'll just say this: the Raiders always have the hardest schedule in the league, but that's not what we're talking <laughs> about right now. So, what we're gonna do is we're gonna convert. They do have the fourth. They do have the fourth. So, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. At first, yeah. yeah, I heard you right. So, uh, <laughs> what we're gonna do is we're gonna convert to you know quarterbacks that never really won the big game, meaning the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm going to talk about two quarterbacks. You're going to talk about two quarterbacks. I'm going to start with uh, Dan Marino. And, you know, Dan Marino is a phenomenal quarterback. Was. Was a phenomenal quarterback. And, and there's still a couple of records that haven't been broken from him. Oh, nice. Um but he's he's got a lot, man. Yeah, and, and overall, you know, he made it to Super Bowl nineteen and lost to the Forty Niners thirty eight to sixteen. You know who was on the other side? The, the old Montana. Okay, uh, you just killed my entire vibe. <laughs> I mean, Marino completed twenty nine of fifty passes. That 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 was a bad game for him. You know, three hundred eighteen yards. He only passed for a touchdown, but he threw two interceptions, uh, which doesn't say anything about his entire career. He holds many records for most passing yards in a season, most uh, MVPs, and, and most touchdowns in a season. So, like, he, he holds a few more left. Uh, uh, of the records right? and you know he became the first player ever to pass 5,000 yards in a single, single season yep. finishing with a remarkable 
5,800, or excuse me, 5,084 yards. Yep. Uh, but he, he's, in in my opinion, my favorite quarterback of all time that had never won the Super Bowl. Really? Nice. I mean, he's known, man, for his quick release, his powerful arm, being able to go downfield. He always had the receivers, the quick dudes like Mark Clayton's. Uh, he... Uh, because Clayton had like five, I think, thousand yard receiving uh, records because of Dan Marino. I mean, receiving seasons because of Dan Marino. And dude, I think it's just a case of like bad luck, like uh, the wrong era kind of thing. The dude had everything, all the tools, everything that a great quarterback needs, franchise quarterback, every possible thing that you can need. You know, he did everything. But he goes and loses to Joe on his second season, right? And then after that, dude, it was just really tough to win in the AFC uh, with New England. Denver winning a couple times. And then that's when Cincinnati got better. But they were getting blasted by the Niners, too. Yeah. Denver went to three Super Bowls in, like, the next five years. Um, and then after Denver uh, went on their little streak of three out of five or something, and Cincinnati was in there, then that's when Buffalo went four in a row uh, and lost, of course. Um, and then... And then after the Cowboys beat them a couple of times, then it was back to the Niners winning again. And then the Cowboys winning again, you know, it was super tough. The uh, San Diego, the Steelers, New England a couple of times. Um, and then Denver got good again and they won a couple of Super Bowls towards the end of his career. So dude, he was just in a time where the AFC was strong. They were solid. He just didn't have enough to get over the hump, man. And it was so hard to see too, because you know, we all got a brother that's a, a huge Marino and a huge Miami Dolphins fan. It was just hard to see that heartache too, brother. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he 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 created almost every single possible record, record that a that a quarterback can do. Yep. And in in a time where football was so exciting and, and so competitive and being a fan of uh, being a dolphin fan during that time frame is, is just not as heartbreaking as being like a a, a, a Browns fan, but like it, it's kind of more heartbreaking because it's like, man, you're you're just not quite good enough. Right. And, and he was good enough. He just your team as a whole wasn't quite good enough. Right. And especially right. being as talented as he was and, and as amazing as, as he was and, you know, all the records that he broke, like I said, in, in my time, you know, I started watching football in 86 and, and really getting into it a little bit shortly after that and, and picking my favorite team. But the entire time in my early days, it, Marino was the guy. He, yeah, he was the sure. guy to watch for my was, And it was tough in 93 because coming off the 92 season, they had really a shot and they rebuilt and were ready to, you know, really make a run, even though the Bills were kind of dominating the division. And yeah. that's when he tore his Achilles, man. Yeah. Um. So he was done for the season. So that, that was heartbreaking for the Dolphins fans too, for sure, man. Gosh. Absolutely. And you were you you were mentioning uh, the Bills and the, and the Giants earlier. You're talking about Kelly. Right, right. Oh, yeah, I could talk about Kelly. I thought you were going to shoot and talk about Gannon first. But, yeah, dude, 
um, Kelly was such a phenomenal quarterback as well. And he was uh, winning the division in those years with uh, Dan Reno on the other side in the AFC East. And uh, the funny thing about Kelly, I was doing some research and checking him out because he was another one of those players that played in the uh, USFL uh, before making it to the NFL. And it was kind of a long road for him too. And there was the, the greatest game no one ever saw because it wasn't televised. But he was taking on Steve Young, who was then on the Los Angeles Express. And it was supposed to be a televised game, but instead they decided to show Doug Flutie in his debut with the New Jersey Generals. Um, so the only people that really got to witness the game were the fans there and the cameramen that worked the game there. And, of course, Steve Young took him out to a huge lead, dude, 33-14. Um, but Jim Kelly led the gamblers back. And I'm, I'm guessing this is one of the games that kind of led him to get into the NFL because he ended up throwing three touchdown passes in the last three drives after throwing a pick six and they ended up coming back and went 34 to 33 dude. And the game was not televised, but uh, I think he got a lot of his stardom there in 1985 and ended up making his, you know, debut into the NFL after that. So that was, dude, I would have loved to see that game just from looking at the stats and everything that transpired in that. Oh yeah. And to go against Steve Young, who ended up being a great quarterback in the NFL as well and winning a Super Bowl with the 49ers and getting his monkey off his back um, after Joe winning all those Super Bowls. That was nice, dude. But but Jim Kelly pretty much started every game um, in those four years, uh, the four runs to the Super Bowl. Um, Gosh, dude, I just can't believe it. Every time I think about Jim Kelly or the, the the Buffalo Bills and you think about those times back and then to lose four straight. It, it's so <laughs> embarrassing. And, lose and, to the and Giants and Washington and then yeah. the Cowboys tw- twice in a row. And one of the games they could have won, but the field goal kicker missed a, kicker, uh, missed a kick. There was actually a 30 for 30 on that and everything. But if you look at those four Super Bowls, though, and I was looking at it the other day, he was only Jim Kelly was only eighty-one of forty-five for eight hundred twenty-nine yards, which doesn't sound terrible. But you keep going; he only has two touchdowns and seven interceptions. So he didn't help himself either in those games, and he wasn't set up to win because he was playing against some defenses and the New York Giants and the Washington Redskins and the Cowboys, who really had defenses. I know the Cowboys had the big three, um, you know, with Emmitt and Irvin and Troy Aikman back in those days, but. Yeah, man. But um, yeah. so I, I I am going to talk about Gannon, but I kind of want to close with that. So uh, you wanted to talk about another quarterback that that you know, Rivers is, yeah, is notable yeah, and never made it. Kind of Rivers. I mean, I didn't want to go too way, way far back. Like we're talking about Dan Fouts and stuff. And there's like, you know, 15, 20 quarterbacks back in other eras. And, and I wanted to try to pull at least, you know, a guy that's uh, pretty current Rivers and who recently played for the Colts and then ended up uh, retiring. But I kind of looking at it and he ended up taking over for uh, Drew Brees after he had a shoulder injury and they pretty much gave up on him over there at the Chargers and he ended up going to the Saints and we know what happened there um, when in the Super Bowl. But Rivers um, was in that kind of Eli Manning sweepstakes. That was the year in 2004 when there were 17 quarterbacks taken and Eli straight up came out of the gate. I am not going to San Diego. 
So San Diego did a backdoor deal and they basically made a trade with the Giants. Okay, we will draft Eli and trade him to you if you guys pick this guy, Rivers, which no one was talking about. Um, And they ended up picking him up and then getting some other draft picks out of it as well for Eli. But to think of it as when Rivers was drafted was also when Eli Manning was drafted and Ben Roethlisberger was drafted and they both have two rings now. Mm -hmm. But uh, Rivers, I mean, he had that weird sidearm release and everything and he's got a lot of stats and he had a lot of good receivers on his teams. He was a good fantasy football player. Good fantasy football, but as far as a, a, a quarterback taking you to playoff games and yeah. Super Bowls, completely overrated. Yeah. Um, I mean, but if you want to look at it, how I was talking about Reno, kind of another bad timing thing, because this is when the Pats and the Steelers and the Colts teams were really good, and he lost to all those teams in the playoffs, it seemed, every year, and even the Ravens. So, I mean, if you look at it, it's another one of those things, you know, he never played on a team good enough to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, his – even his career playoff record is five and seven. So, I mean, he did make eight pro bowls, but any one, like at least one category um, of every passing category, at least one or twice, you know, in his career. But when you're going against Peyton Manning and Roethlisberger and Brady and some of those Ravens teams, dude, he didn't have a shot, man. He did not have a shot to even make it to the Super Bowl. So he never even played in a Super Bowl. His team went to the AFC Championship, I think, like in 2007. But he doesn't have rings of any kind, not even AFC Championship rings. So, yeah, and, there, and there's that. So I was going to talk about uh, Rich Gannon. Oh, and yeah. he came to the Raiders in 1999, I think, yep. 34. Yep. So he has been talked about as a similar comparison to Daryl LaMonica, Kenny Stabler, Jim Plunkett. Raiders quarterbacks, yep. Yeah. So, you know, he came at the age of 34 and probably played his best four years after that. So from 34 to 38 years old. Absolutely. And and he played in Super Bowl 27 and lost. And and all I'm going to say about that Super Bowl (laughs) is that – when you don't change your game plan, game plan, you're not going to win your game plan. So it is what it is. Uh, he's definitely one of the greatest quarterbacks to play with the Raiders. And I, I understand what happened. And in that Super Bowl, he threw five touchdowns. Now, I will say that... How many were to the other team? Three of them <laughs> were pick sixes to the other team. Dang. Three but, pick sixes. I mean, bro. at least he threw five touchdowns, right? Right, right. So, uh, no, but seriously. Uh, he, so, yes. He, he threw three pick sixes in that, in that game to the other team. He, he never right, right. got his, in my opinion, entitled... Uh, yeah. Super Bowl win because realistically, to me, uh, again, I'm all all a, a defensive team, yeah. uh, but also like not stupid. Like the Bucks were you, ready. They the the Bucks knew 
everything about the team and knew the the play calls and knew everything. Yep. And the fact that no changes were made, it doesn't no, matter how no great the defense is. No changes no. on plays. No. No. The team was built from the ground up by John Gruden. And yeah. then he goes to Tampa Bay and inherits he was a team. To, he was traded yeah, to Tampa traded. Bay. Yeah, he traded to Tampa Bay for millions of dollars. Yeah. And he inherited a team that Dungy couldn't do anything with. They needed an offensive coach because that defense was just bomb. No, I think that year. I think that Dungy could do something with it, but I think that, that Gruden was overcompensated and overrated and went in and took a team that Dungy could have done the same thing with, but he just knew the NFL so well and knew the game so well. that and knew the Raiders so well. So, yeah. So how does a team with Gannon at quarterback with Tim Brown, Jerry Rice, Zach Crockett, Charlie Garner, James Jett, Jerry Porter, and then with your special teams even with Shane Leckler and Janikowski with the best damn kickers in the league? And they lose. You can't. Fifty-two to, you can't. to seventeen. It, that was or the most political. I'm gonna stop there, but that was the most political game I've ever experienced in my entire life. Um, <clears throat> they, yeah, I, I blame it on the Raiders head coach I at the time, not changing more, anything, doing anything. No, I hate that no. game more than the. New England Patriots versus Raiders game. It could have been a fumble. The snowball fumble? It could have been a fumble. I, I hate that uh, Twitter, freaking Reels, Facebook, uh, TikTok, Tom Brady. It could have been a fumble. It, yes, it was a fumble, my guy. But uh, <laughs> the point is, I hate the game in the Super Bowl versus the Bucks with the Raiders more than I hate the game in the playoffs with the Patriots, it could have been a fumble. I hate I hate the game more. <laughs> I hate the game more. Could not have been a worse game. So Bill Callahan ends up being the coach. He's like just inherited the Raiders team, which obviously he goes straight to the Super Bowl with because the team was so excellent on all avenues. Mm-hmm. So, like, we're all looking forward to it, especially at a, a, as a Raiders family. Uh, I'm no longer a Raiders fan, by the way. But um, as a mm-hmm. Raiders family, taking them all the way there, dude. And uh, uh, let me correct myself, 48 to 21. 48 to 21. But Bill Callahan didn't do anything different. Well, Rich Gannon and how could they not make an three touchdowns for the Bucks? So, of course, it was that 48 to 21. But how could Callahan and Gannon, for that matter, not make any adjustments at halftime whatsoever. Nothing. 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 Yeah. And I feel scored. like yeah. I feel like that's a topic within itself because I come on, man. Well, they scored three points in the first half. A um, high school team can make a better adjustment. Right. I sure. can make a better adjustment as a little league baseball coach. Yeah. Like that's not even football. Like, hey, you can't call the same – you can't throw the same pitches to these kids because they know, okay, like whatever it is, like 
you could do something different, something, anything, something, anything, anything. <laughs> oh, anything. All right, that's Raiders talk for this episode. Yeah, Big Prim's Daily Show. So, anyway, <laughs> oh, yes, man. we're gonna oh. leave it at that. It is time to wrap it up, and I hope you guys have enjoyed the show, and I hope you continue to listen and follow and subscribe on Facebook, YouTube, iHeartRadio, listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and all the distributions that we have now, and and continue to share to your friends, and just honestly, like, we are so overwhelmed and and happy with all the support that we have been getting and hope that we continue to get the support and just we can't thank you enough for that and this is frills daily and shauna smith out thank you